Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Oh, I love this house of God. I really do. Father, thank you for your kingdom coming. Thank you for your will being done. We're grateful for your spirit here right now, the witness of your spirit with each individual. Father, I thank you that you can move in atmospheres and cultures. So we proclaim again the culture of the kingdom of heaven, the culture of your will in each one of our lives. Have your way, Father God. Amen. Say g'day to someone next year. Oh, you're a funny bunch. Okay, I'm in a very relaxed mood this morning, This morning, so I hope that's okay with you. Um, so this is more sharing time. What is on my notes? I oh, know not. Ah, here we go. Hey, I hear that the men's, the bros, bros feast went off yesterday, so um, sorry I missed it. No, 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 I am. But we're going to make, we'll do a haka again. Maybe next one. Maybe it'll be the opening for each one. Culture is so important. I hope you don't mind me sitting. I just realised after standing here, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to stand up there for too long. You know how you're sitting at the moment? Yeah, that doesn't normally happen for me. I have to stand up here and speak. So, like, uh, by the time we do um, the lunch, my legs will be failing me. My back will be hurting too much. So... But thank you for your prayer. Um, my back is way better than what it was. So it's, I, I'm still a bit, I'm a bit ginger with it. You know, like, you know, when you, you're sore and you don't want to move too fast. I realise now I'm this old man. Yeah. But I'm a good looking old man. <laughs> hey, artificial intelligence is in the news at the moment. Have you heard about it? What? <laughs> oh, AI. Sorry, AI is in the. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> okay, I've got some stuff to sell you this morning. <laughs> so AI is in the news at the moment. You know how Facebook, um, I think it was 2017, their chat, chatty bots or whatever they had started speaking not their not human language but they started making up their own language for shortcuts and stuff like that and they were like what is going on these things are actually talking to themselves and it's happened now that as soon as they start up they'll start getting and so AI is in the news there's people that are crazy just wanting it to happen and then there's others that are like what is going to happen you know because the sky's the limit really when they started building the Tower of Babel and grew in knowledge and they, get, they got on a cause together, God said, if, if these people, nothing's impossible for them, you know. And God has put creativeness into us, but somehow it's, we corrupt it with greed and with um, overconsumption and stuff like that. So AI is on the increase, <laughs> saying that. Yeah. Everyone's unsure of what that's going to hold. But I have a computer now that will ask, if, if it's not 
dangerous, then I, why is my computer asking me to prove that I'm not a robot? There's no way somebody on the other end going, better check this guy's not a robot. No, there's a computer asking me to prove that I'm not a robot. And then it makes me do this stupid little picture choosing thing before it graciously lets me into what I want to watch or into it. Like, cultures, huh? How it's changed. You know the statement, liar, liar, pants on fire. Liar, liar, pants on fire. If this was true, it would make watching the news way more fun. In fact, it would make social media a lot more fun. See parents now, what do you what do you mean you got no underwear or pants? It would change a lot, wouldn't it? No, now you're thinking but I don't lie much. Sure you don't. We lie to ourselves. We lie about how great we've been made and how perfectly God we are made in God's image and we are who God has made us to be. And we lie and we say, No, we're not good enough. Bullying on the internet would change because all bullies are are cowards that lie. They, they tell lies about people. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, this you're just nothing but a, you know. Or we'd have a bad, someone says, oh, you're really good at this in, in your head. You think, no, I'm not. Change a lot without deception, wouldn't it? How has deception changed our world? How much has deception and lies changed our world? Relationships would change. The cultures we surround ourselves with are so important. A statement I heard when I was a young man was, we rise and we fall to the level of the company we keep. It's important to have good people to speak into our life. Joel brought that out this morning. It wasn't by accident because he's read through my notes because I haven't even read through my notes. But Joel was moving by the Holy Spirit when he was talking about lineage and, and generations and, and getting wisdom off other people. But don't be deceived. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Proverbs 18, 24, it says, The man of too many friends, chosen indiscriminately, will be broken in pieces and come to ruin. But there is a true loving friend who is reliable and sticks closer than a brother. Sometimes we can have a lot of people talking at us and, and it can become a little bit overwhelming. We're in a, an age that that is so true. Um, we went away for a week and it was fantastic. Oh, God blessed us with an incredible week away. Five days. It was five days away, but who's counting? But um, 
Now that I said that, because I'm just thinking about the great holiday that I had with my beautiful wife and we loved every single minute of it and we couldn't fault any of it. And we were like, this is just so good. Like we, we paid the most money we've ever paid for a dinner in our life because this place had a three star, a three chef hat restaurant and you can't eat at the restaurant unless you're a guest. So, so you're paying for a room just so that you can eat in the restaurant where they skin you alive. But we got to do it, this degustation meal, and it was just so fantastic. That was good company because I was with my wife eating God's creation and rejoicing in how good God is. The company we keep is so important. We can have so many people talking at us and giving us information and opinions and everything like that. And I'm seeing more and more in this day and age that people are getting broken into pieces and they're actually their life is shattering up and they're not solid anymore and they're becoming fragmented in their life and it's, and it's affecting them. But uh, I wish I'd done my, my research a little bit better, but... When it says there is a true loving friend who is, is reliable and sticks closer than a brother, I, would, I came across this information and please correct me if I'm wrong because I hate being wrong um, and I don't mind correction. You'll find out why. But um, if you get a, a bunch of pianos in a room and you tune them, then the one that's actually in tune correctly with the tuning fork, all the others will tune to that room, to that piano in the room now it doesn't you know I, I need to have done my research better because you know how I love to give you the background behind it which means nothing to any of you so it doesn't really matter um, but keeping our eyes on the right target because having a friend that sticks closer than a brother sounds good I've got an amazing brother astounding brother but and I know the relationship that we have be mostly because of his give and my take. <laughs> Having someone that's actually closer than that is profound. So years ago, um, when we were... Adrian was really young. I, was, I would have been, I don't know what age, but... Dad tells us this story about how he, um, he brought someone home and I can't remember if they were a hitchhiker or that somebody needed somewhere to stay and they didn't have somewhere to stay and they stayed in our house and that night mum went crazy, that's, that's these are dad's words, um, <laughs> mum went crazy, all your kids went absolutely nuts and went crazy and God spoke to him about home is a sanctuary that you need to protect and you need to govern, you need to be careful who, who you let in the front door, what influences, what culture you allow to come into the front door. So we changed a lot of the way that we did life at home after that. Um, we have tried to model that as much as we can, Kylie and I, with um, having our home as a sanctuary because it's, it's really important to us to have a place that we go back to where we connect with God in an instant because we've kept an atmosphere um, there. A culture there and I was going to read out a whole heap of great scriptures to you here but um <laughs> I'm going to run out of time but Romans 8 12 um talks about how 
that we're brothers and sisters and that um, that we now have an obligation not to live to the flesh. And then it goes on, you know, there's a whole, sorry, my phone is buzzing in my pocket and it's distracting. People are texting me going, get off, change the topic. You're losing them. Are you with me this morning? I feel like you are. Like, so... Um, <laughs> Was that you? <laughs> Verse 14 is the important one. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And there's a whole bunch around here, and I love it so much that I can't just take one scripture out without giving context to it because it feels a little bit naked. But this is the crux of it. For all those who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And you don't, we have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear, leading again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit producing this sonship, this adoption, by which we joyfully cry, (coughs) Abba Father, Daddy God, Daddy God. That that that's incredible. That we are we are <coughs> that we are joint heirs with Jesus. We are joint heirs with Jesus to receive an inheritance from a godly father that is just astounding. And the thing is that Jesus uh, we need we need our older brother. Is what I'm trying to say here. He's our older brother. Um, I didn't have an older brother. I had a younger brother. I've been an older brother. I don't want to be a younger brother. Um, <laughs> the things that I've done to my younger brother are many. And uh, <laughs> I remember at my, at my wedding, he gave a speech and it started with, you've shot me. You've run me over with your motorbike. <laughs> the things that I did to him, yeah. But to have Jesus, <laughs> he's our saviour, he's our Lord, and he's our brother. How amazing is that? That incredible position. And he's not just our brother, he is the best representation materially of who the father is. Materially, atmospherically, culturally, everything about him was God the father. Everything he spoke, everything he did. In, In John 14, I wanted to talk about how Philip said the whole thing about we don't know where you're going. And he says, you know, I'm going to prepare a place for you and everything like that. And... In verse 7 of John 14, it says, If you had really known me, you would have also known my Father. From now on, you know him and have seen him. And then Philip says, Lord, just show us the Father and then we'll be satisfied. Don't you wish you don't say some things? It's not what you say. It's sometimes what you shouldn't say. And um, Jesus said, I've been with you so long. I've been with you a long time and you do not know, and this is in capital M here, this is an important me, this is a prominent me, 
not the, the me that you think you're seeing. This is the me who I come under, who I come in the authority of. So, and you do not know me, Philip, nor recognize clearly who I am. And that's said in the same way, in the same context as tell them I am has sent you. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Then it goes on, I was going to read out how there's a whole heap of stuff in there where it talks about that from now on you're going to do things in my authority and, and you're going to, whatever you ask, in my authority when you live a life that is leading by, led by the Spirit, you get whatever you ask for, which is an astounding thing. So knowing Jesus reveals our Father, his character, his nature, his righteousness, his kingdom, his purposes. Getting to know him better is getting to know us better. We get to know who we are. Instead of trying to get our identity from what we see reflected in the humanity around us, who are all trying to just find their own identity, we actually get to find out who we are. We need to encounter Jesus. A.W. Tozer. Good old Aidan Wilson Tozer. He was a, a revivalist type of guy in the 50s. And he was at a time when he was talking, the church is getting too commercial. The church is getting too structured. We need to break out of the spirit of God. We don't fear God anymore. You guys, we've got to get this thing together. <laughs> he was really like in the faces. But listen to some of his comments. This one here. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I realize that, you know, we have all have a individual relationships that we've, we're filtering God through. There's, there's relationships and experiences and we're filtering God through this. But Jesus says, I want to show you what the true father is. And not the one that you've created in your mind or we create in our mind as what we think God is being. Sorry, guys, you're over there. Uh, as being, I feel like I need a rotation here. We need to get cameras up. I've been really inspired about our new building at the moment uh, this week because we went looking. We can't go places without looking at architecture. That's just who we are. And um, so, yeah, contacted some building companies during the week and got them knocking on our door wanting to do a job. So... That's good. Yeah. Anyway, most important thing about us. A.W. Tozo also said, God never hurries. There are no deadlines against which he must work. Only to know this is to quiet our spirits and relax our nerves. That when we're getting all... Because really, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And then actually understanding who God is and how he works. I'm going to give you a few A.W. Tozer quotes this morning. So this morning, if you remember a quote, it's all by A.W. Tozer. So um, this one here, I want the presence of God himself, or I don't want anything at all to do with religion. I want all that God has. I don't want any. Oh, sorry, I, I want all that God has or I don't want any. That sounded like it came out wrong. 
I hope I gave you all these, Darcy. Did you? Oh, wow, Darcy, you are a champion, rock star legend. See, these are just some quotes. I'm just stirring some thinking here. Perhaps it takes a purer faith to praise God for unrealized blessings than for those once enjoyed or those we enjoy now. The blessings we're enjoying now, it's easy to give thanks for that, praise for that. The things that we used to enjoy, oh, thank you God for doing that for me. Oh, you were just so good when you did that for me. But actually, it's purer faith to praise God for unrealized blessings. What we're longing for at the moment, what we're hoping for at the moment. Hmm. So, this morning I just wanted to share with you how we have come to be the culture of the church that we are. And why, what the why is behind the what. Because being in a lot of churches, experienced a lot of things and realized that we needed to find out who God made us to be because we were given the responsibility of leading a church. And I couldn't do it out of who I thought others wanted a senior pastor to be. I had to do it out of who God had called me to be, which was really difficult. And it was a time-consuming job. So um, I'm going to give you a bit of a testimony this morning. So this is about Kylie and I, but I feature prominently in it. <clears throat> So at age 18, we were away on a camp together and I received my first prophetic word that I'd ever been given in my life. The guy started off with, you're a pastor's son, you'd get plenty of prophetic words. I should have doubted his ability for prophetic words right then. But anyway, I, I went with it. I hadn't received any. So, yeah. And he gave me this incredible prophetic word. God moved on my life profoundly. Don't remember hardly anything of what he said, but those words were spoken. The next day he got with me and he just said to me, do you have a girlfriend? I said, well, actually I do. And he goes, you need to tell, ask her if it's okay because she, she's going to be in ministry with you. This is age 18. And um, so I asked her that question and as dummies, we both went, no, that sounds good. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, um, yeah, so we got engaged at, we were both 21, 1st of September 1990. Ah, the 1st of spring when a young, young man's fancy turns to thoughts of love. We purchased our first property in 1990 when interest rates were at 17%. But we were catching them on the way down, which was fantastic. But notice how they go up really quickly. They go down really, really, really slowly. So anyway, we were at 17%, um, purchased, purchased our first property and got married on the 14th of September 1991. So a year later we got married. But now Kylie was 22 and I was 23. In that year I'd aged a year over my wife. And... <laughs> Is that a real, really? No. Anyway, so in, the, in January of 91, early 91, I took a fall at work um, off a, like a five-metre platform, took a fall, landed in a seat, sitting position on concrete and damaged my spine. And, um, yeah, 
and I was in training for the Moomba Masters. I was going to do professional water skiing. I was going. I was doing um, engineering. Always wanted to be an architect, but then got a job working in industrial electrical and then started doing engineering through Monash University by correspondence. No computers back then. Everything was books and books. It was horrid. And I didn't finish it because it was horrid. But then I fell down this platform and it changed our lives. And we got married a year later, uh, that year, later that year. And, um, and then in the, the early, early that year, uh, well, later that year, sorry, I got, had to have spine surgery. So I had spinal surgery in the first year of our marriage. And um, Kylie's just a trooper, like dead set. I couldn't have been matched with anyone more perfect. Sad though, that that's not her testimony. She's like, okay, so I get saddled with this, you know, guy that's borderline ADHD. <laughs> Bridie's pretty sure that I am, but she's just a provisional psychologist. <laughs> And then I'm flat on my back for, for many of the next years of our life. So at that same point, I lost my career. I lost the sport that I love so much. Um, Kylie gained a medical case that she had to deal with. And it took months to recover from it. But when we recovered, we started leading youth group. And um, bought a dump of a house, renovated it in our second year. Remember in the kitchen, I was fixing up the kitchen and Kylie comes in and shows me the evidence of Chelsea's forthcoming birth. Did I word that well? Did I paint a picture? Do you need an explanation? We're Australian, aren't we? Not Americans. <laughs> he got it. So we did this, um, um, learned some profound life lessons. We really did. Made mistakes made huge mistakes. I probably made some of the biggest mistakes in my life, but, um, but mistakes are just lessons in life. Mistakes are opportunities to, for change to take place in our life. As it said in, in verse 14 of what I read before, for all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God, allowing to be led by the Spirit of God, are sons of God. And it says that that Spirit doesn't lead us into fear. Do you know that the opposite of love is not hate? The opposite of love is not hate. We just think that's the way it is. The opposite of love is actually fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love. And every time you see this, it's in opposition to love because we hate what we fear. That's why bullies are cowards because they lie and they hate. And But it's all from fear. So Kylie and I... Made some mistakes, me more than her. We served in church, we never missed church. Rain or shine, want to or don't want to, we never missed church. The kid, you know, Chelsea was born, we worked hard, we went through a few. Callum was born, this is a really short version. You've bought and sold a number of properties. Um, I'm gonna have to shorten this right up. 
we served in church. We just found a way to serve in church, no matter what capacity. I've done my, my stint, but I still do it today. If, if the kitchen, if the foyers, I'll grab a, I'll just grab a broom out and start sweeping up. I'll try to move chairs. I haven't done that for a little while, but, you know, like, I just go, move that for me. Um, but just we served wherever we could. We, um, but the funny thing was that the church was getting really old at that point and I started reading some material about how Pentecostal churches have a, a, a lifespan of about 21 years and if they don't do something dramatically to change or shut down and start again, they usually just fizzle out. And I'm like, wow, at that point we were like 26 years old as a church and I could see it happening. So when Callum was, was young... Um, yeah, we started praying. We were the only young couple in the church that had children. We're the only young family in this church back then. So we started praying for God to send and bring into the church young families. And the next year, at Christmas time, a bunch of families moved into the church. Young families, just a whole, there was five or six young families that just came into the church. Two of those are significant stakeholders in the church today. They made their homes here. They're both gone away after they arrived that first time. They went away with work and then God brought them back here. And they're close friends of ours and, and it's just part of the journey of like, wow, God brought us together to journey together and do life together and we've got kids growing up together and it's, it's so fantastic. Prayer works. I didn't know we were going to get lifelong friends out of it. People are going to change our life. Yeah. Um, oh. Anyway, it worked to a point where dad was wanting to stand down and, and he was saying, I want you to take over the leadership. But I'm going to preempt this because years before that, I never thought I'd ever really want to do it, even though I'd been given prophetic word, a prophetic word. But I'd actually been given a prophetic word before I was born through my dad and it's 2 Samuel 7, um, 12 to 16. So dad went to a um, conference. I don't know if Carol was born, but I wasn't born at this point. And he went to this conference and this guy um, moved in a, in a gift from the Holy Spirit by writing prophetic scriptures down. Not, not the verses, but just their reference point, writing them down, putting them on a piece of paper and handing them to people. And Anyway, Dad had been given one of these things years before I was born and at this prophetic word and he was, I don't even know at what point this was, Dad, but I think I was married, yeah? I've got no idea. You know how most people you hear preachers, they go, it was November, I remember, you know, like, uh, you know, 1908. <laughs> I have no idea what day this was, I don't know how old I was and Dad says, I was looking through my old Bible, my King James Bible, and I remember this Bible well. I remember it black with the, had red that was now pink on the binding around, like on the edge around it. And he said, and this fell out. And it, it reads this. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. 
I will be his father and he will be my son. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm reading this for the first time and I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty good at the uptake with a lot of things. Can walk into a movie halfway through, work out things pretty well, don't need to ask questions. This one here, I'm going, okay, this sounds very much like it's talking to me or, and our whole family, honestly. So, and I thought up to this point, this is fantastic. I'll be his father and he will be my son. And when he does wrong, I'll punish him with the rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. Why did he need to include that? This guy had a prophetic, he could have just left left that one out but no let's continue on but my love will never be taken away from him as as I took it from Saul whom I removed from before you your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me your throne will be established forever now that was specifically given to dad and he gave it to me and I'm like okay and at this point wasn't even thinking about And dad says, I never want to push you in this area because I'd seen what dad had gone through because people can make a lot of demands and show very little gratitude a lot of times. So we know, we've all experienced them, haven't we? (laughs) Another human. So So we um, went, Kylie and I went and worked, um, interned over in a church called uh, Southern... Uh, let's go with Edge Church. No one knows what it used to be called. Southside. <laughs> Stand corrected by the human computer over here. <laughs> Ashley Carl, never forget your name or your face. <laughs> He's like CCTV. <laughs> it's just locked in. Sees everything, records everything, you know. So... We went across and we, we got to serve an intern in this dynamic church that was growing astronomically. It had a rapid growth and we'd, we'd known it from when it started and um, a bunch of friends from other churches that we know over there went to this church and we're like, we're never visiting that, you know, that church breaking, you know, <laughs> church sheep stealing, that's the one. Arr. I don't know why I did a pirate accent then, but it... So we went across there and God made a way for us to financially do this because at this point we were unemployed. And um, so God made a way for this to happen. It was just astounding. It was miraculous. So we went across there and we served for a year. And um, there's a lot of things that happened because there was... One of the reasons that we did leave was the pushing of part of the eldership were to to remove me from the equation thinking that I would go to Adelaide and, and not come back. <laughs> That's how annoying I was. <laughs> but it, it's funny because it, um, we went across and we served for a year and then God shut all the doors before the year was up. It was just amazing. Just shut the door in a weekend. We're like, on Friday, we were like, we leave tomorrow. And there was no news. It was... A, Friday morning, that didn't start out like that, but Friday afternoon, that's what it was. We left and um, came home. And then a year, 
the next year, that was in 2003, and the next year, um, on June the 6th, 2004, D-Day, D-Day, Operation Overlord from the Second World War. <laughs> it was, this is the largest, um, you know, assault ever in the, in the history of Second World War. Like, this is the largest assault ever. It was just astounding. But this was the 60th anniversary of the, of the storming of the beaches and the paratroopers going in. And 60 is a significant number. <laughs> one such example of it is in, in Numbers 7, 1 to 88. Sorry, I don't think I gave you this one, Das. But it says, you know, 60 rams along with the same number of male goats and lambs that were a year old were given as sacrifice and offering before the altar when it was dedicated. So it's pretty well to do with a lot of sacrifice. <laughs> and we didn't know that. We were so excited about taking on the church. And, and we just got opposition and opposition and it was really tough. And we tried all these, you know, what we'd learned over in the, the big growing corporate church. And we tried to implement things like that here and we just went that's not working, this is abrasive, you know, why, you know, and it's always out of a striving instead of just a relaxing in who God has made us to be. And so we had to learn um, some amazing things and one of them, my brother spoke a message out of James and it, and it was quick, slow, slow. And I, I said, you've got to add the extra slow though. Because in James it says, you know, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, and slow to take offence. And I, I realise I need these values in my life. You know, that this is... <laughs> so we started changing things in church. And, um, and instead of trying to put on programs, we, we, we try to um, offer opportunities for encounter with, the, with God. And we don't do a church service. We will linger in the presence of God if the need be. Um, and, and structure is great. My dad quotes this all the time, and, and he goes, God says, you know, let all things be done decently and in order, and so many people use that as like, you know, decently and in order, you know, we've got to make sure it's structured. And it's like, but, he, but then they forget that let all things be done. Sometimes that's, that includes some pretty radical stuff as well. Let all things be done. A.W. Tozer, just for a new one, 100 religious persons knit into a unity by careful organisation do not constitute a church any more than 11 dead men make a football team. Can you sense a little bit of this guy? You know, can you, he, tell me he's wrong. A church, like church has got a bad rap. People think that church is a certain way and when we get to share what church is to us, it changes their perspective. It's like, really? Because church isn't something that we go to. It is actually who we are. So the way you think about God is the most important thing about us. A.W. Tozer says this, I've gone over time, are you okay with this? Cool, I've got more jokes. <laughs> Rules for self-discovery. 
what do you want most in life? What are you wanting most? What are you thinking about most? What takes up your thought space? <laughs> I can hear people wanting to tap out already. You know, we've only got a second one. How do you use your money? What do you do with your leisure time? Do you have leisure time? Because most of us think, oh, yeah, I'm wasting my leisure time. Does that make sense? I'm wasting my leisure time. I need to get out and do something. I love going away somewhere and just crashing and doing nothing. Oh, it's so good. Have I <laughs> mentioned that we went away during the week? <laughs> the company we enjoy. Who and what we admire. What do we look up to? What examples do we set in the home? What examples do we set? You know, would you let anyone else speak to your wife or your husband like that? Would you let anyone else speak to your child like that? Kylie's a genius. Getting brownie points. Kylie's a genius. We, we came, she came up with this statement in our house that, um, you know, um, conversations without consequences mean nothing. This was with raising children. But that, that's the same with everything in life. Conversations without consequences, good or bad, mean nothing. But then also consequences without conversations is abusive. If you just bring consequences in on something and you actually haven't had a conversation of what the why, what the what is before, behind the what, you know what I mean? And what we laugh at, or if we laugh, that that's inferred there as well. So in 2016, um, yeah, God really moved on my life in a profound way and I changed the way I thought about a lot of things and this is six years ago now and so we've been on a on a gradient of just discovering what it is to actually not do church but try and be church again and if we try to be church enough then it'll become you know a lifestyle to us you know, but make ourselves available as well because God's actually breathing again on the church because he's he's already has you know and we've got to we've got to catch that breath of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in in our in our lives in our communities there's people here that are going to be activated in ways in the community that you think oh church should be doing this and it's like yes it is you're doing it because that's what we're meant to do. As you go, be an example of Jesus because of the witness that you've seen Jesus to be. Jesus is like this, so I'm going to be like this. I started living my life like that, and I haven't always done it the best. But, um, but if we change the way that we thought about God, and we actually got to know him, and that actually means spending time with him. And I love it. I've got a place where I spend time with God and it's awesome. But I can actually 
spend time with God anytime. And I'm challenging you today because some of us need a realignment of who our dad is. Some of us need to look at the, um, get in tune, open our ears again and get in tune with that lead piano in the room and stop being affected by all the discord around us and actually tune our ear in again to that one piano that's actually bringing everything into harmony. We think, how can that happen? Everything's going so bad at the moment. God is having his way. God is having his way. So I want to encourage you again. Time spent getting to know the Father, getting to know Jesus, is not time spent. It is life invested. Like Zach and Chelsea are now looking at this house that they bought and having to um, work out how much it's going to cost them to renovate it. Because we're like, yeah, this is a fantastic house. You can do it. <laughs> but then they're, they're needing to do a heap of work. But I'm, I've changed the way that I, I speak about it now. I said it, it's not money you have to spend. It's an investment that you're making. Isn't that amazing how just something like that, and I was, Kylie and I, Kylie read this article while we're away and it was to do with gut um, knowledge and that gut feeling and gut health and all this and, and how when you get a gut feeling, it's a real thing. It's actually, there's, there's part of your knowledge, your awareness, and it's not like a, a sixth sense, it is actually your gut. God made you this way. There are more senders, transmitters from the gut to the brain than there is from the brain to your gut. That's why what we eat is so important, what we put into our bodies. But um, we were reading this, now that I've said that in the background, gee, you got chatty Steve this morning. Um, maybe that's all I needed to say. Because I went off on a tangent there, didn't I? We had a great time away. Did I mention that? <laughs> if you're able to stand, do you want to stand with me? Team did a great job this morning. Thank you so much for those choice of songs. There were proclamations being made and I'm going, well, Lord, this is what you've given me to speak on today. So part of that, that prophetic word that was very specifically, I that I'd get to build a house, but it wasn't just me, it was my brothers and sisters. And I, I've got the privilege of actually working with my brother and my sister. And, um, and that word wasn't for me, it was for all three of us that we would actually build the house together. And so we're, we've got the plan to, because we've got seats over on the side here for our new building. But me, I'm like, I don't want to get the church into a place of debt. I've got a friend who's just built this enormous big property and it is fantastic and the first comment was I hope we get good amounts at the offering because if we don't oh, and I'm like that's not who I want to be you know I don't want that I don't want that for anybody you know like let alone me <laughs> so I'm relaxed about what's happening but now I've got this stirring and um that we we need to start making some plans towards it and, and moving quite firmly towards it at the moment. And it's not about building anything. It's about actually fulfilling purpose. Each one of us have a purpose that we've got. 
And some of us may have been offended and shut that purpose off and just going, well, this didn't happen the way that I thought it should have happened. This must, this couldn't have been God. Therefore, mm. and I want to tell you, don't let offense lie to you. Don't let it lie to you because it just puts you into fear that somebody, we make up stories. Father, I just thank you right now for your presence in this place. Thank you for each one of my brothers and sisters that you have a miraculous, unique purpose and identity for each one of us and how profound that is. I would ask, Father, by the authority of the name of Jesus of Nazareth, that through your Holy Spirit, you'll start to awaken that awareness that we are under a, a, a legal sonship, daughtership. We are adopted in, but we have the same rights as the one firstborn son. Father, I thank you for our identity being revealed as we draw near to you. Father, thank you for drawing near to us. I just release your favour this morning, Father. Have your way, mighty God. Thank you for dreams and for visions. Thank you for words coming out, speaking into situations where you were going to say one thing, but it comes out in the way that God needs it to be said, and it changes things. Be ready for it. Father, I thank you for your kingdom coming, for dreams and visions. Thank you, Father. You have the power to change things. You have the authority to change things. I had another quote, but I think I left it off. Lucky you. Do you know who it was by? A.W. Tozer. <laughs> awesome. Have a great week. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.